Welcome to the Discipleship Discussions Podcast. We believe everyone can be a disciple who makes disciples. Our goal is to help you with this process. Each week, we take the lesson taught through basic discipleship and break it down in a discussion format. Now, let's join today's discussion. Hey, welcome back to our podcast. My name is Benji Linder, and with me as always is Dr. Patrick Latham. Today's topic is temptation. Now, when you look at the Bible and you look at church history, let's kick it off with this question. Has temptation changed any? No, I don't think so. I mean, you have to... Scripture says don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when you look at Scripture... It's clear he uses the same strategy over and over again. Same areas where he tempted Adam and Eve, he tempted the kings of Israel, and he tempted Jesus. Then 1 John 2, 16 tells us all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes from the devil. I think it's so important that people realize that because when you're aware of his simple strategy, it does a lot to disarm his temptation. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, there's this old saying that temptation becomes stronger in secrecy. Mm -hmm. And uh, why is that? Satan likes to get you alone and make you think that you're special, you're unique, you're different. No one else is like you. You're messed up. You're fundamentally flawed. You've got a problem. You're powerless and defenseless against your addiction, your vice, your habit, your attitude. And when he gets you in that place, you, you give in to defeat. It's like, well, I can't do it. You know, I can't win. I can't have victory. I can't have obedience. I indeed must have some flaw, you know. Um, so it's, it's helpful when we realize, no, it's not that unique. It's all the same old stuff. I mean, I've seen it as a pastor. You know, a guy comes to me and says, you know, I'd really like to talk to you. And so we set up an appointment. He begins to share about a struggle he has, and he's talking to me almost like in you know pig Latin, you know, trying to you know keep it secret and think, and then looking at me like I'm going to be shocked or surprised when I hear what he says, and it's like yeah, same old, same old man. Take a number and stand in line. I mean, I don't mean to minimize sure. what uh, the, the guy's going through, but it's not that unique. It's not that different. Even things that would be like really in a lot of ways seem kind of crazy. Probably heard it before, you know. Satan's strategies aren't that unique or different. Since the Garden of Eden, he's been using the same worn-out old tricks. He's a liar. He is a deceiver. And he's got a strategy, albeit a good one, that's successful. Lust of the, f the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Money, materialism, me, um, sensuality self-centeredness and stuff or pride possessions and pleasure it's it's all around that so. you alliterated each one yeah you did that on purpose yeah okay yeah. um so that was pretty good i caught i caught yeah. on to that one <laughs> um so in your teaching session so kind of veer off of my script um you talked about the temptation of vengeance and so i'm just mulling that over and i'm thinking yeah. we live in in 21st century america where you're encouraged to get yeah, vengeance yeah. back. And what I think about specifically and probably not talked about a lot is um, seeking out vengeance through social media. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons I got off social media in you know February, main reasons, quality time with family, no distractions in my life. And secondly, is this like you can only handle so much of someone yeah, else's yeah. drama and seeking vengeance. So speak to that a little bit about the temptation of vengeance and specifically using social media as your platform and how that's a pitfall. Yeah, let me do that. And a great, great point, great question. And let me say this about that first. There's a reason when Scripture lists Satan's threefold methodology, Scripture doesn't give specific sins. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, they're not specific sins. Why? Well, I think the Lord knows, Holy Spirit inspires Scripture, Holy Spirit knows if He list specific sins, we may limit it and say, well, I guess I don't do any of those things. The Holy Spirit gives these three broad categories for a reason, because the method or manner of sin may change over time, but the spirit in the sin or the problem in the sin, the itch, if you will, the thing that's at the heart of the sin remains the same. So getting vengeance. Okay, let's go back to David after he's um, chased out of the capital city, his son commits treason, initiates a coup d'etat. David's leaving the city. Um, A guy in the lineage of Saul sees him leaving, curses David, kicks dust on him, calls him names. You got what you deserve, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure that would infuriate me if someone's kicking dust on me, calling me names, telling me you're getting what you deserve. You deserve to die. Um, One, I believe it's Joab, one of David's men says, let me go over there and take off his head. So David's presented with a temptation. I can have this man murdered. David instead says, let him despise me or curse me. Who knows, maybe the Lord has sent him. The Lord will vindicate and judge me. That's paraphrase, but that's kind of at the heart of what he says. He's presented with that temptation. We know he should have avoided it. Why? Scripture says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, thus saith the Lord. David knew the law, thou shalt not murder. So he's presented with this temptation, but he's staying strong. Now, nowadays, somebody gets on Facebook and says, I don't like Benji. He... You know, he's always deserved this hard thing that's going through and that he's going through in his life. I I hope he enjoys these dark days because he deserves it. I've never liked him in the first place. And they add some expletives in there and call you some dirty names. Now, what would be your temptation? I'd probably drive to their house (laughs) and meet them on the front porch, right? Yeah, yeah. That'd be the temptation, not the act. Yes, for the temptation. So it's different than David, is my point. Oh, absolutely. But it's the same. And at the root of all of it, it's not the lust of flesh, it's not the lust of the eye, it's the pride of life. Mm -hmm. Your reputation, recognition for self, prominence and prestige, your ego, your glory, David's ego, David's glory. Now for someone else, okay, let's say um, it's a lady at our church and she feels that someone snubs her on Sunday morning. She says hi to someone at church, and she feels that the person snubs her, was rude to her. And she knows there's some history there, so she's got good reason to believe this woman did it on purpose. This other woman snubbed her on purpose. 
So she feels within her, I need to be vindicated. I need to be justified. I need to get vengeance. What's the best way to do it for her? Passive-aggressively post on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So she goes and writes a post. I think it's so interesting that people go to church and worship God, but they can't even talk to those who try to be nice to them. Hashtag don't be a hypocrite. Hashtag you know who you are. (laughs) This is so true, though. Yeah. Now, just for free disclaimer for podcast listeners, this has not happened at our church. We're just making up this hypothetical situation. That's very likely. (laughs) But it's it's very likely. I mean, we know stuff like this goes on, right? Oh, yeah. So did she pick up a sword and lop off the woman's head? No. Did she try to get vengeance for herself in another way? Yes. Was there pride and an unhealthy concern, an ungodly concern for her recognition, reputation, her own ego? Yes. You know, so now here's an important point on all of that. We brought this out in the lesson. There's nothing wrong with having a healthy regard for your reputation. A good name is to be chosen of the great riches, but it's when it becomes unhealthy. When does it become unhealthy? When you, in ungodly, unbiblical, unhealthy ways, try to handle the situation. And so um, to answer your question, all the strategies of Satan are the same. Nothing's really changed. And uh, we have to be on guard there and realize, hey, a temptation like this, vengeance, um, indeed, Satan's tactics are the same. It may look different, but it can be the same for believers of all generations. What's at the heart is the same, but then the actual outworking of it may be different. I think we really got to be on guard against that and be wise. Um, Jerry Bridges wrote a book called Respectable Sins. Great book. And in it, he lists the sins with which he believes believers struggle most of all. Getting even, um, Pride, bitterness, slander, things like that. He talks about how we champion ourselves and that we don't do the big sins. Right. And we kind of look down on people who are non-Christian for not committing those or for the way in which they do commit those. Mm -hmm. But then we overlook that we've got the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I really believe in order for the church to have revival and in order for us to influence culture again, Man, we got to get serious about that. We we've got to realize, dude, we got some attitude problems. Mm-hmm. We got an issue with slander. They look at the way we fight on Facebook and say, "Why should I be a part of the church?" Right. Um, so, I think huge temptation not talked yeah. about often enough, probably. Um, and even again, this level of passive aggressiveness that's just just ungodly. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, you would be so much better off if you go talk to that person. Like I yeah. guarantee you. And Matthew 18 lays that out there very yeah, clear. Yeah. Um, so when we're talking about um, being trapped in temptation, uh, a lot of times people's mind, they first go to um, what am I tempted to do? So you got the sin of commission, mm-hmm. right? If I got that mm-hmm. right. But really there's the temptation of omission. It's not yeah. doing what God's requiring you to do. So talk about the temptation of the omission. So how are people tempted to not do what God's called them to do? Yeah, going back to that Bridges book, I remember Respectable Sins. One that really hit me in that book was the sin of ungodliness. Mm-hmm. When I saw that as the title for the, 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 title for the chapter, mm-hmm. 
on ungodliness. I thought, well, I don't struggle with ungodliness. I thought ungodliness was like you do some ungodly act. Like, you're a heathen, right? Yeah, you're yeah. a heathen. You engage in some horrible ungodly act of fornication or you like sacrifice cats to some false god or you murder and mutilate someone. You know, I think that's ungodly. Correct. Um, Bridges talks about how ungodliness is really present within the church. It's the idea of you just don't think about God. He's not in your thoughts. It's something you should do. God should be in your mind, but you just don't think about Him. You go about your daily task, eating, working, relating to others, your amusement or entertainment or hobby, and there's never any thought of God. And in essence, you're no different than an unbeliever. God just doesn't cross your mind throughout the day. You don't do things for the glory of God. You just do them to do them. You go through the motions like everyone else to focus on self and others. So that would be a sin of omission, you know, and we, we've got to be aware of those. What has God called us to do? And then realize the Christian, the Christian life in Ephesians, we learn, is about putting off things, but also putting on things. Correct. So many are living this um, kind of half-orbed Christian life where it's just all about, I can't do this or do that. You know, at some point there's got to be, the focus has got to be on what you are and what you do instead of what you aren't and what you don't do. So it's like the boy, have you heard a story about the boy? His, um, somebody asked him, well, you know, Richard, what's your middle name? And he said, don't. <laughs> and they said, no, I haven't heard that. They said, like, why? Because my mom always just says, Richard, don't, Richard, don't, Richard, don't. You know, so there's a lot of Christians who have that type of Christian experience where it's always just don't, 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 don't. And they never realize God's called us to some things. And so when we, we, we may try to avoid things, but if we don't consecrate or set apart ourselves apart to some things, we miss out on what we're really supposed to be and do. So it's the idea of, you know, things like godliness, having God in our thoughts, things like scripture disciplines, uh, scriptural discipline, spiritual disciplines, reading the Bible, praying, our service, um, encouragement, giving, a lot of the spiritual gifts you see, mm-hmm. us kind of devoting ourselves to the Lord with those things. Mm-hmm. So we got to be on the lookout, not just looking, hey, am I, are there things in my life I need to remove, but then ask, are there things that need to be added? Mm-hmm. So that's good. We talked about the pride, um, I'm sorry. The lust of the flesh. Let's talk about the lust of the eyes. Um, one of in your key points earlier was the temptation of possessions. Um, the question is this. Have uh, American Christians turned a blind eye towards the temptation of possessions? Yeah, I mean, you see a lot, a lot of good in the Christian church. I mean, I see a lot of generosity and stewardship, you know. So that's awesome. You know, you see people who give... Um, I mean, you just think like at a national level, big level, that there's uh, corporations we know that pump a lot of money into Christian causes and charity. And um, indeed, Christians are some of the most charitable people when you look at research. So um, we could say a lot of good stuff about that. But at the same time, you could say uh, maybe indeed there's a problem with materialism. I mean, you just travel the world and you look at what most people have, and then you come back to America and you think, wow, do we need as much as we have? Do we need to upgrade, upgrade our cars as often as we do or our clothes? Do we need to have you know, the type of meals we have at every meal? Do we need to eat out as much? Mm-hmm. 
could we simplify our life and be a little bit better stewards? I mean, as Americans, we're like an island of plenty and a world of need. Um, could we? Great question. Could we curb our appetites? I think the answer would be yes there, mm-hmm. and um, that we could be better with stewardship and generosity. And then for, for a lot of us, you know, if we're honest, we realize our sense of happiness or well-being is based on how much we make, what we possess, and we're always kind of chasing that rainbow to find the next big golden, next big pot of gold, you know. When's the next pay raise? What's the next car I'm going to possess? Um, what upgrade do we need in the house? What do I want to buy next? And then we even let our purchasing and spending, you know, clicking on Amazon, running to the store to get superfluous things. We let that be a sense of gratification instead of finding our gratification in the Lord. And maybe that's the big deal there is that there's a sense of a lack of contentment. So we're trying to fill that hole with something else. Yeah. So I'm going to combine my final two questions into one, and you, you already started it. I think one person said, you know, in order to fight against sin and fight against temptation, you are, in essence, you're fighting for finding pleasure in mm-hmm. God, Him being your ultimate. Another person said this, what you feed grows and what you starve dies. And, you know, being in student ministry, I'm always, you know, there are always students come to me with just a myriad of different issues or sins going on in their life. And I use these two phrases often, that that which you feed grows, mm-hmm. that which you starve dies, and you're fighting not only against sin, but you're fighting for finding pleasure in God. So mm-hmm. speak to those quotes and kind of wrap us up. Yeah, I think that's a great thing about what you feed grows, what you starve dies. And man, for, for students and, and for anyone, you got to be so careful there because you get in a pattern of looking at inappropriate material or gossiping or overspending or substance abuse. You train your body and you train your soul to crave those things. So you've got to be so careful. But then also that's an encouragement. It's an encouragement to know that when you do start to pursue the Lord, you will see change in time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen instantaneously. I had to overcome things in regards to substances, food, unhealthy friendships, unhealthy thought patterns, mm-hmm. insecurity, pride. So worry, anger, anxiety, I mean, I'm just all those things I've had to battle with at times. So, um, you know, but I've learned through that if you if you indeed put boundaries in your life, mm-hmm. you put in the right things, you'll get out the right things. Garbage in equals garbage out. The opposite of that is good stuff in equals good stuff out. You got to commit yourself to that process. Mm-hmm. And you got to know that the sanctification process is gradual, progressive, incremental. So a lot of people, you know, like I tried keto for one day, it didn't work. You know, it's <laughs> like, well, of course, first of all, keto may not be the best thing, but secondly, one day isn't going to to it's do a it. Drop in the bucket. Yeah, right? yeah. It's a drop in the bucket. It's got to be a lifestyle thing. Yeah. And you know, the Lord's wired us that way. There is no you know instant spirituality. Why? Because it's all about a pursuit of the Lord. You know, if it's just like we got it done, we're holy, and we never struggle, there would be no pursuing Him and His presence. And ultimately, great commandment, that's what the Christian life's about. So he makes it a gradual, incremental thing for that reason. So I think it encourages people to know, hey, it's a slow battle. Keep feeding the right stuff. 
you will reap in due season, Scripture says, if you faint not. Mm-hmm. So um, that's an important thing. And then, and then that second part, man, what a great statement, you know, that this is all about our pursuit of delighting in the Lord. Right. And I go back to that where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. I think that speaks to more than just finances and uh, money. It speaks to all areas of life. And, you know, it reminds us that the end goal here is us delighting in the Lord. And that is the means and method also of overcoming temptation. Why do you look at that inappropriate material on the Internet? you got a hole in your heart. You're unhappy. You're discontent. You're trying to find some type of satisfaction, significance, or security apart from the Lord. But if you're in Him and walking in Him, He'll fill that hole in your heart, and you won't have to find it through those dirty images or videos. Apply that to any temptation. Why do you find yourself slandering and gossiping about people behind their back? It's because you've got an inferiority complex. You're insecure, and you are projecting upon another. You're feeling better about yourself by putting another down. And it's all, it's all evidence that there's a vacuum in your heart. You're not full of Jesus. You don't feel significant and secure in Him. You're not satisfied in Him. You haven't basked in His love, and so you have to try to compensate. And so really it's all about that delighting in the Lord. He'll fill our hearts when we walk with Him, and then that just really makes temptation seem so icky. You know, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. And the things this world will grow strangely dim. It's so true. Absolutely. Great hymn. Um, I appreciate y'all watching this and tuning in with us. Uh, we look forward to next week. See you then. Thank you for joining us today for our discussion on basic Christian life. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast. For show notes, visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this discussion, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.